a new episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Luca Rocchini. Today I'm going to have a chat with Erato Zavara from Athens, Greece. Erato lives and works in Athens, London and Berlin, where she's based at the moment. She's a video artist specialized in digital scenography and moving images for live performance. Her work mixes analog aesthetics and digital composing tools, and she collaborates with choreographers, musicians, and media artists. Erato also works as an interdisciplinary educator, designing and facilitating workshops for kids of various ages and abilities and for vulnerable adult groups. Finally, she also works as a videographer, online content creator, and second animator. Hi, Herato. How are you? Where are you at the Uh, moment? uh, I'm in Munich. Uh, I just arrived. I took a train from Berlin today in the morning. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, let's let's do uh, start from the very beginning, and then I'm gonna ask you where you've been up to lately. Um, firstly, you know, we'd like to know um, how did it all start. You know, what was the spark uh, to start working as a video artist and other types of work you do, and what's your background? Okay, so. Um, I studied uh, my first um, uh, diploma was in psychology and uh, I mean I studied psychology but the the only thing I wasn't uh, doing was psychology. It was the years that I was just trying a lot of things out. Um, So I started doing dance and also uh, I started uh, getting my hands around uh, photography. Uh, So um, it started from actually being in Erasmus in Barcelona when I started taking pictures like doing street photography I got really into it then I signed myself up in um, in a course of uh, analog uh, photography and uh, upon completion of my BA I wanted to do something really hands-on that uh, was around media so because I was doing a lot of photography and I was also doing uh, home videos with my friends really and a bit of animation, you know, like I was doing some stop motion, just playing around. Uh, I applied at uh, Goldsmiths for the image. There's a master's at the media and communications department called image and communication, which is the, a bit more the, the more experimental masters they have because they also have a master's in media and communication. Uh, and uh, that master's uh, is for practitioners for uh, doing really hands-on work with photography, video and uh, interactive media. It was one year that was really, really intensive. I basically had so many tools to play with. I got super excited with, uh, we learned a lot of uh, uh, color digital photography. We had access to a, a full editing suite, um, very good video cameras. Um, so that was the start of my journey as a, as in video, but generally like in moving image. When I finished my MA, um, I fell in love with London. I wanted to stay more and I decided to just work in the field, just try different things out in media. So I did so many different things, like from videography for weddings, 
uh, web design, graphic design. My first job was at a company that did uh, websites. At the time, it was Flash. So we're doing Flash and integration of uh, big uh, video lab libraries. Um, and that brought me at some point, um, around 2009, uh, I saw a theater piece by Complicité, uh, where they were using uh, video in the theater play. It was called uh, A Disappearing Number. And I saw it and I said, that's what I want to do. <laughs> so I started understanding that like I wanted to do something with video. I mean, I was always, anyway, I was into uh, video and moving image, like really experimental stuff. But like I realized, because I also liked uh, performing arts, I wanted to do uh, a crossover of the two. And uh, at the time, I did a master class with Complicité about like using video in the devising process. And I started getting myself slowly into this field, which is really, um, there's no curriculum per se for video design. Like it's all um, learned uh, by doing. Um, so from 2009 until now, um, I started slowly working with an organization in in the UK that was called Dance Digital. Uh, they they did uh, dance and new technologies, but I was working as a web and communications coordinator. So I was doing more their documentation side um, of work, and then. Slowly, I started getting into the creative uh, part of, of the job. And now I work like uh, most of the work I do in uh, video is for performance. So it is video design for either theater, dance, and I also work with uh, musicians. So it's working now, like your kind of vision and dream. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm looking back and I'm thinking, okay, yeah. <laughs> It is like I um, I work in productions uh, in in Greece, um, in Germany, a bit in the UK. I have other types of collaborations in the UK. Uh, yeah, it's working. It seems like. And artistically, like how how did you grow? Like what was your kind of inspirations? Like do you inspire anything in particular? Well, I mean. Um, my references, like in photography, were you know Diane Arbus, um, Robert Frank. I started from those, you know, classics. Um, and then um, I started getting a lot into science fiction. Uh, I love Chris Marker. You know, La Jetée is a is a grand reference, and um, Blade Runner was uh, was the film I based my whole thesis on. Uh, and doing like a video, an interactive video installation using the aesthetics of, of the, the science fiction world of Philip Dick and, and Blade Runner. Um, and then uh, when I went into performance, um, I fell in love with Maya Deren. Uh, I love Pipilotti Rist as well uh, as a video artist. She's very um, lush and very playful with the medium, which I really like. Um, and of course, Complicité are, are a strong reference in, in a sense that they're one of the companies in theatre that uh, use media very, very well for the dramaturgy. For me, they're really top in what they do. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, now reading 
from your bio. Um, I see that you like researching the plasticity of digital image in space and digital media as a tool for dramaturgy, that you love dance color, geometry, collages, playing with the live feed, multi-layer storytelling, DIY approaches, cozy performance spaces, melting discipline bandwires. That's, oh that's quite amazing. How do you manage to put all this together? <laughs> I how, don't how remember does it work? when I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably like one night drunk. I'm like, oh, I love all this. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I guess I love a lot of things, but um, I don't know. Like, uh, I would say Bauhaus, for example, is a, is a good way. Like, I love Bauhaus, let's say, because like they were... Um, they're a good example of using, you know, like uh, using uh, um, design with the image. Uh, they did theater, they used textiles. Um, you know, like this is why I think I ended up more in the performing arts than, than like, you know, ending up doing, for example, a career in filmmaking. Because uh, I find that in theater you can bring a lot of different uh, forces together and there's also this element of liveness that really um, I don't know like brings everything together in very intensively so, um, so how, how of course, you... yeah. go ahead yeah like of course that um, I mean what I love you know like the DIY approach that I'm saying like you know I really like making stuff with others and like trying things out. I mean, I get really tired of it as well, but this is what really excites me, to be honest. Um, you know, uh, trying video basically in space, um, trying different different types of, uh, how can I say, like, I really love working with video content and like putting it in space with live bodies. Like, uh, that really like has so much potential because you you don't just work I find that sometimes, you know, like the the image on the screen is just so flat, you know. <laughs> Bidimensional. Yeah, so like it's so nice to work in space because then like you can you can project a two-dimensional Im image and it just becomes something completely different when you project it on a building or on a space or when it becomes part of a storytelling that is is created within a theater play for example. This is a very very different type of work. It's not like Time and space work very differently in this kind of work than, let's say, like how you would work in cinema, you know. Is it different from video art himself? I would say yes. Like I had this conversation recently, actually. I think that this is the thing, like I, I tend to say video design more than video art, actually, because video art has also a temporality that is uh, made for um, different type of viewing. Yeah, so it's... You create something for a gallery space uh, where you know that someone will see the piece in a... You make a, an end piece, let's say, you know, that is placed in the space in whatever manner. Uh, when you work in theater or in performance, you have also the element of doing a lot of things live. Um, it becomes like the video becomes also an, an actor on stage at times. It also changes roles, like the video can be an actor, it can be part of the scenography, it can be part of the storytelling. So it, it has this, what I'm talking about, plasticity of the image is basically like this kind of fluidity of, of the medium 
that you have to you manipulate it in different ways to serve different functions within within uh, a theater play or a dance piece or whatever you know so it is it is different to video art i think yeah so you are kind of pioneer of the video designing basically no i don't think <laughs> i don't think so no <laughs> don't say that <laughs> might be <laughs> no but i am i'm definitely like what because don't say the p word <laughs> uh, because at the end of the day it's just another tool but like definitely there is an issue in this field that there's not so much i mean there has been quite a bit of work done already of course like already from the 70s they were doing all you know alternative ways of of showing you know like also like the liquid cinema like in the i think it was andy warhol they were trying video in space in different ways right but the use of video in theater is actually there's not so much that is out there mm. um there's not uh, you know and in that sense it's quite tricky because also sometimes it's supposed to be like new media like a lot of this especially in theater and dance where they're used to working with light and costumes and set you know like once you put video they're like wow like this is like new media and so pioneering but at the, at the end of the day it's also another tool and sometimes it's also a matter of balance, like um, as an element is in the same, uh, it's on the same level as music and, and say if you put a spotlight on, the, on stage, for example. So yeah, it's interesting anyway, yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a lover of Bauhaus as well, so I kind of grew, kind of grew up and my artistic mind with the inspiration about so I kind of understand the connection and and yeah look forward to see a show sometimes in London when you you know, might be around <laughs> and see actually how it works but um, another part that you like as you say like is kind of start with photography and any kind of you're into kind of analog like I do uh, a lot and would you tell me what you find special into into analog photography? What did you find special? I mean, um, I like. Um, I started anal with analog photography, yeah, and I think the materiality of the practice is very important. It really brings something completely different than you know just having a you know a digital camera and having a a huge uh, photo stream on your computer. Uh, at the moment, to be honest, I have stopped uh, taking uh, analog pictures. I don't anymore. But however, I do appreciate still very much the analog aesthetic. And what I mean by that is that also I try as much as possible to keep um, this kind of materiality in what I make, even sometimes digitally. Um, in video, of course, I didn't like with film. I've never worked. I would like to work with eight mil, actually. I I have never worked, so I'm totally digital in in the moving image. But in photography, definitely, there is something about uh, the materiality of the process that I I miss a lot, actually. Like when I make everything digitally, and I think there is also a turn towards materiality generally. I think that we're kind of uh, getting a bit tired of, of having everything digital at the moment, you know. 
Um, so one thing is about like the materiality of the like the actual materials. The other is also about an aesthetic that I generally it infiltrates a lot of what I do. I think like I like using, for example, so old films like archival footage. I just like you know using grain. Um, it's all this aesthetic that I actually use in my compositions a lot. Yeah, it feels feels different. Uh, you know, as I say, like if you compare. The same good picture, digital and analog. You probably you would go for the analog, which kind of feel more kind of organic, um, so kind of more alive. Um, and yeah, so the, the other part that I see that's interesting as well, like maybe we share something actually we never talk about, um, is the teaching, and it's very interesting the way you know, type of people you're teaching to and kind of did as well for kids, uh, especially. Uh, is anything that you like uh, in teaching? Is anything that makes you satisfying? And <laughs> well, I mean, what I really, so um, I'm part of a, of a group called GNU and we make, uh, we make very uh, experimental educational programs for kids. Uh, they, they use a lot of um, improvisational techniques uh, between sound and, and, and image, a lot of uh, graphic scores, um, field recording, but also compositing. Uh, we also do some uh, performances for, for kids. What I really enjoy about this process is um, how receptive the kids are, that you can start by introducing a, a methodology that is completely like they don't understand anything, but they pick it up afterwards and you can end up doing things that are, that are actually quite avant-garde. Like we have created some really, really beautiful pieces of graphic scores and, and uh, sound compositions within these programs. Um, that's one thing. So like working with kids, uh, I really enjoyed using like improvisation and really playing with the medium and letting the kids really free to create free association. That really works if you really encourage them to use their imagination and to not have to make like little stories that are like concrete because they're really used to everything like being so precise right now right like all the storytelling is very you know like you have 3d animation you have everything like super produced and we just go with like scissors like a couple of papers and a sound recorder and we say like we just make something so it's nice to go like go into the basics of, of uh, audiovisual improvisation with them um, there is also something i really enjoy working um, using these tools in groups like uh, what I mentioned also in the bio, like I've worked with uh, different groups of um, like refugees, people in prisons, like these tools can be a very, very powerful way, way to connect and to bring, uh, bring out narrative and life stories uh, in a very playful way. So, for example, animation, even though I don't really do myself, like I don't do stop motion very much, I use it a lot as a tool. And it has been great to use it in these kind of contexts because it's a way of really um, encouraging people to bring their story forward, but in a very playful way. So 
that's something I really, really uh, appreciate. And I think it's, a, it's something that should be used, you know, uh, as much as possible, especially at this time when uh, arts and art education in places like in Greece, for example, is being hammered by funding cuts because they think it's not essential, you know. Uh, I think actually these tools are super, super important to use in, in many different contexts. So, yeah. So you mean like you can do animation at home, basically, or you can do kind of like uh, online without having to be in, in somewhere, the, you know, the, someone has to pay for, you know, and uh, you don't need as much grants. It's easier. Well, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I would be open. I haven't really taught online yet, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I, I haven't. So. I don't know if I would <laughs> encourage it. I have done a lot of uh, meetings and creative. Uh, recently, I edited a whole half an hour video by um, communicating by Skype and doing share screen. Uh, and that was quite an experience. I mean, it worked. Yeah? It worked. So I can't really complain. Like for me, actually, since you bring it up, of course, it's very difficult and also draining, but uh, it works as an alternative. It's just not the same, of course. It's yeah, we can, we can make it work. I mean, like we, it's, it's being creative, like, you know, it's, it's slower. Sometimes it's faster. You know, you don't need to go to town to meet. You just do a chat and sometimes don't really need that much but you know but it's, it's interesting the point you're saying about the the kids how what they can bring up and, and kind of something i believe as well you know instead of kind of forcing them to you know to do one thing uh, in in the classical way you know they can actually especially for your type of things they, they might come up with something completely new that is someone will steal from the children <laughs> because you know if you give them all these possible cards to play with together you don't really know where they're gonna start with and you know and it'll be something very nice and surprising i think yeah i think it's very very interesting you know to see yeah. what they come up some some pieces i think they could definitely be pieces of contemporary art <laughs> you know especially like the documenta the last documenta had a lot of graphic scores and we had some graphic scores in some workshops from like eight-year-old kids that were could have been in there. They were great. <laughs> I'm gonna steal that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, it's going on on your projects. Like, I think you you just arrived. Like, I've been waiting for you coming back from Berlin, and uh, you've been. That's something you've been working lately, or you were just waiting for the ex to exhibit. Uh, how how does it work? Can you explain us what is it? Because I've seen some pictures on Facebook, but and I see a little bit the idea like you do of you explain about the video being part of the performance. But can you tell us, you know, what in particular this project was about? What's the name? Yeah. So. I just, uh, we just completed uh, two days ago a project called uh, Grenzland, uh, which means borderland. Um, it's actually, it has a long uh, history. It started in 2016 from a, from a residency we did in Athens. Uh, myself, 
a, a musician from Berlin called Albrecht Siepert and the choreographer, uh, my dear friend, uh, Kate Nankervis from Canada. And at that time, we called it Invisible Lines, and it started as a collaboration to bring together dance, uh, music, and uh, video. And from then, we applied last year for a residency here in Germany, in Berlin. Berlin is a, is a uh, residency castle, uh, one hour outside of Berlin. Uh, and they provide uh, dance residencies for artists. So it's just this misspelled like Berlin. Berlin, Berlin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a castle with a farm and chickens and cats. It's really nice and it has studios where you can rehearse. So this residency was a production residency where we we made a piece uh, with uh, two choreographers, Jamila Kodr and uh, Munsuk Choi. Jamila is from um, Argentina and Munsuk is from uh, South Korea. Albrecht uh, was in music, he's from Germany. Uh, one more performer, Charlie Prince, uh, who is based in Holland and he's uh, from Lebanon. Uh, and Anneli Ketterer, who is uh, fine, she, she's from fine arts and she makes uh, decrustates. She has a technique of making land uh, objects from soil. So the project was a real collective uh, encounter, very interdisciplinary, and the product was a dance performance, a multimedia dance performance. So it had the art pieces, uh, music, video from myself, and, um, and uh, performing. The, the subject was about borders and about the um, experience of feeling at home, of traveling to a place and feeling at home. And the way we approached it was that we took interviews from 17 people from the region in the north of Germany. It's a region called Mecklenburg-Pomerania. <laughs> Not many people know it because it's, a, it's more like a tourist area. And we took 17 interviews from people and we asked them, it was a mix of, uh, the demographics was mixed. It wasn't only refugees, there were also people who had come from Western Germany. And we asked them how they arrived there, um, how they made themselves at home, what was important for them, what their dreams were for the future. And all this material was presented first as an installation and then was also used in a performance. Wow. Yes, it was quite a, it's quite a big project. Like we've been working on it for quite a long time, actually. And it, it's just finished. <laughs> just about. <laughs> just about, yeah. <laughs> to reopen yeah. it. And you were supposed to ex have an, like in some theater, but instead you, you had an open show. How, how did it work? Do you, do you think it was better, actually? So, yeah, when the coronavirus hit, um, we had a, a huge problem because we were supposed to play in three state theatres and uh, uh, our proposal was to also do an outdoors installation. So that was part of the project. And at that time, we decided to make the whole project outdoors, which was great. Uh, I think it was, it, it was a great decision. Um, it was a, a very um, uh, interesting experience to work outdoors. 
we were very lucky with the weather, I have to say, because if we had rain, it was a real problem, of course. And, you know, we're in northern countries, so that's, that becomes, of course, a, an issue, even in summer months. However, I have to say that it was a, a, a very positive experience. In a way that performing outdoors, you become more part of the natural elements. It was very beautiful to have people. I mean, we had the, the, our audience was around 200 people every time. Uh, keeping the distances so there was a of course there was a protocol for coronavirus distances and how we would admit people in etc but there was a very beautiful feeling of performing outdoors that where for example um, one place where we performed was a pier on a, uh, at the port of Stralsund of this very beautiful town and the performance was at 7 30 when the sun was setting and you had like all these birds flying over boats passing at the back. At some point there were some uh, bikers who were doing their thing at the back, you know. So you're really open to the elements. You're not anymore in the black box of the theater. I think at the moment it's really important to find other ways of performing, you know, because also I think it will be quite depressing to go into a theater and to have to sit, it, like to have half the audience inside where everyone is a bit yeah, who wears a mask, you know. It's a nice way to do like to do it differently, like just to go out, you know. Yeah, we can do we can do in the winter time as well, you know. It's just better than nothing, you know. I like especially me that I live in central London without venues, performances, lives, gigs like it's actually became I don't know, maybe I should live on the countryside. It's no it doesn't make much sense. But you know, we I think people would be very happy to go. Especially I always love outside like you, like I come from southern country, uh, so we used to have all the summers and you know, until the winters as well, just going out stay out all the time. So we kinda it's kind of liberating and especially I think for this kind of performance it's kind of a way to interact with the community as well. So to have kind of, as you say, kind of random reactions as well where you're performing. I think it, it's a good point. You know, it's a good thing. It becomes more alive, for mm. sure. You know, like it becomes something that is more uh, real, yeah. let's say. Yes. And, and also it was interesting to see people being really focused as well because we always had this um, worry about keeping the focus for an hour because we were thinking that it would be outdoors and people would not really be able to follow. But I, it was mesmerizing to see 200 people being really, like they were very engaged to what was happening. That's possible also because people were really hungry for culture as well, right? So in the first place where we performed in Greifswald, they hadn't seen a performance since March. And the, our premiere was really like a celebration. People really clapped and you could feel that they really needed it. You yeah. know, it, was a, it was a very important moment for everyone. Um, so I would say that it's definitely the use of public space at the moment with what is happening um, is definitely something to explore, like also urban interventions. Um, we saw that a lot uh, just after lockdown as well in Greece, where we didn't have bars or theaters or cinemas were closed. You know, you saw people going on the squares and making uh, um, DIY cinemas and 
you know, organizing things in public space. So I really hope we can see more of that because we will need it most probably as well, you know. Yeah, it's going to be a period of time. You have to adapt and learn something new. Sure, like crisis is is an opportunity at the end of the day, even if, uh, you know, it's not all good what's happening at the moment, but for a lot of us, but it's it's gonna it's gonna be different, but hopefully it's gonna be something better as well. So yeah, I love the outdoors. <laughs> Let's have more. I wonder why we didn't even here like you know parks. We have these huge parks. You know, if I was the venues, I would just ask. You know, can we do something in the parks like you did? Like you know, they're waiting too long. You know. Fortunately, but okay. Let's uh, uh, keep talking a little bit more about your work as well. Um, is there anything else that you are exploring at the moment, or any particular themes of issues like your interest to work on? So, um, I'm um, I'm doing some research on uh, virtuality and the body, and. Uh, Oof, it's a it's a long it's a long strand, uh, but uh, definitely I'm really interested in seeing also how liveness happens virtually and how things are embodied in physical space versus the virtual. Uh, I just started the research with some peers because I'm doing a, a course right now in fine arts and I'm using that space to explore some things that I would I would like to basically develop a bit more my own personal research uh, questions. So I'm working right now with some peers. Um, we have a group of, uh, <laughs> we do embodiment sessions and we're trying to understand exactly what it is to be embodied. I think that all these questions came up also from the lockdown and from the experience of online communication, of how um, uh, personal and public space was experienced. Uh, of course, the mm. use of uh, Zoom and all these interfaces that became basically our um, everyday kind of public spaces, you know. So I'm really interested in that and also like in the creative potential of it. So I'm I'm trying to, uh, to form a practice around it. Um, I'm with an, with a, also with an improvisation group that we do um, a technique called contemplative dance practice. Uh, which is basically like improvisation starting from meditation or from the body. And we did some some tryouts using Zoom, um, using basically like the space of Zoom in a very creative way. So I'm quite deep in this right now. And I'm interested in seeing it as a, as a different space rather than something that would um, come in in place of physical spaces just to see it as a as a different space with other functionality and other possibilities so it's like showing the virtual self and the, the real self try to have it in the same space something contrast. yeah it's like yeah for example i devised a performance uh, recently um it was a presentation where I did, uh, it was all done via Microsoft Teams, actually. We used Microsoft Teams as the as the output. And I had people watching online, but then I also had one uh, audience member in physical space. 
So I played with these two spaces. I was trying to explore like how can I play between the two spaces, what, what a person experiences in physical space and what an audience could experience in, in virtual space and what kind of conversation that instigates as well. So I'm really, really interested in that. I do think that uh, it's important to, to work with both. So I'm interested in seeing like if you could have, for example, situations where you have, uh, say, like a very intimate performance space that you would work with five people in space and then you could have also like an open virtual space of, say, whoever wants to watch the, the performance in Zoom, for example. So I'm really interested in this duality and in exploring the possibilities of the two spaces and how they merge, you know. So, yeah, this is what excites me now. Yeah, it would be interesting to see the results. Like, uh, yeah, like, I have no idea how it could be. Um, I will uh, I will upload this uh, presentation really soon. I'm just like editing it now. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I'll send it to you when I have it ready. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but in general, you, I think you prefer kind of collaborations. Uh, but do you like working on your own as well? Do you need your own time? Do your own project? Something you don't want to share, or you always like to confront yourself and mix up. It's funny, like I work mainly with collaborations. Um, yeah, over the last few years, uh, I mean, I was working a lot on my own because I, I had a, uh, a period when I was working as a videographer uh, in London. And at that time I was working on my own. I had my own um, um, practice, uh, but then moving to Greece and having a more vibrant uh, practice in uh, Greece mainly, uh, both in theatre and in the educational, uh, institutional uh, side. Uh, it's been mostly collaborations and I just get more, um, more out of it. I think it's, uh, it's really important to, I mean, it's not always easy, um, but um, I think it's really important because you can also bring different disciplines together, different ways of thinking, different languages. At the moment, I'm trying to articulate some personal practice, but it seems like even in my personal practice, I want to create networks and work with other people. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, uh, it feels like we are many, many voices all together. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the same, like, you know, uh, on the stage. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love, always love to like, uh, the bands kind of set up so I always prefer bands to single sing uh, singer songwriters but you know uh, because like I always thought you know that adding the addiction of the numbers is going to be bigger than the sum when you have more people uh, working together it's something amazing and beautiful that the singles can't really copy in the same way and there is lots of examples of artists you know when they left that group it wasn't really the same thing of course but it didn't really reach that level and it's only reached when you know that kind of uh, uh, that kind of moment happens and something else yeah, like the up. Beatles uh, the Beatles and John Lennon for example <laughs> I mean sorry I, well he did imagine afterwards but <laughs> I did a few, I did a few, I did a few. He like, did a yeah. few, he did a few, yeah, let's give him, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, there are many, there are many that, you know, like I was thinking of Radioheads as well, how they would be on their own, like, you know, these kind of things. But yeah, my idea comes from 
come from music, you know, because uh, when I was playing, I was always looking to have a band, you know, now I like do everything on my own. So I was like that, I was like collaborating and filmmaking, I love filmmaking, you know, I love to be like uh, just uh, a collaborator, you know, someone helps somebody else rather than actually my own projects. I found, found very challenging and I have to, you know, change yourself in something and interpreter. So I love that challenge, you know. Um, I always love, yeah. And um, how is it to work uh, in different capitals in Europe, you know, like uh, Athens, London and Berlin? And how, how can you describe us and how do you manage? Would you, and would you prefer any of them or do you prefer the fact that you can go and roam around? Yeah, it's funny. I mean, this time, I guess, is quite special as well because mobility is not really easy. Um, I mean, I feel quite lucky that I managed to come to Germany for this project. I was actually the only one who was traveling from abroad. The rest were based in Berlin and it was really stressful to organize that. Um, so I would say Post-corona, it's quite a question uh, how to navigate this uh, new, these new circumstances. Uh, I'm still, for example, waiting for an answer for, from a production in Ireland where they're really trying to understand how to bring people together because there will be traveling involved. Um, traveling around Europe or... Yes, so the director is from uh, is coming from from Belgium. I will be coming from Greece. So, of course, there is a lot more logistics. Um, I would say that for my practice and for what I chose to do, like video design for for theater and dance, is something that if I were to do it only in Greece, it would be a bit difficult. Like I I need to work in different places. That's one for artistic reasons, because I need more input. I need to, to look at um, other experts in the field. And those experts are, are usually based in places like London or Berlin. You know, like, for example, last time I was in London, I went to, um, uh, oh, what, what is it called? Like they, where they, they do a, an algorave. Yeah. And I saw this uh, incredible a guy who did like live visuals using uh, pure data that blew my mind. And this was, it's kind oh. of hard to, to see, it's, it's quite hard to see these kind of things in Greece, you understand? So it's, for me, it's like really important artistically, first of all, to keep a mobility, but also financially. <laughs> like, let's, let's be very blunt, like uh, Greece doesn't have very much money. So like this kind of mobility in Europe uh, is for me right now, if I decide to just be project-based, like a project-based artist is needed. Um, yeah, you need to be inspired but, as well. Yes, yes. But saying that, of course, at this point with the uh, coronavirus and with with all the logistics that come together for, you know, like to organize a production uh, that is international, it's really much more difficult. Yeah, especially if they're going to start with the quarantine or hopefully just test now. So maybe it's quicker. Yes, you basically like end up having to calculate an extra month for a production, which is really not feasible. You have to think about like two weeks of quarantine when you go and two weeks when you come back, which is like 
I mean, my program uh, was always really tight. So I would finish production in Greece, then go somewhere else. You know, like it's always been quite tight. Uh, so I really don't know how it next year will be, to be honest. Or next month. <laughs> next month even. Yes, yes. Let's be realistic. Yeah. <laughs> and how, how do you feel about you know, this unknown a little bit? I, well, can I be like, to be honest, I don't mind it. I mean, in a way, there is something about all this that, uh, I mean, it's definitely putting a perspective that uh, was really needed, um, you know, about what is essential. Um, also, I heard many people say, of course, from our, uh, how can I say, like, uh, from our age class, uh, you know, like we were, we are quite okay. But I heard a lot of people saying that they had, uh, they felt quite um, a relief of having some time off and really slowing down. And I felt exactly the same because I had a, I had a plan for from April until October 2020 that was insane. So I was actually quite happy that some things got pushed uh, back. Um, of course, this kind of um, uncertainty, what it creates is also, yes, like uh, it's very hard to plan anything at the moment. So, for example, I have about three or four productions that are getting shifted towards the uh, spring 2021 and we don't even know if they will happen. So, of course, it's, uh, it's quite, uh, I mean, it's impossible to plan anything at the moment. But okay, uncertainty. Why not? We have to flow with that at the moment. Yeah, you know, we need to and make the best of it as well. We need to make the best of it, also. Find a way to survive and uh, you know make. It's a challenge, you know, at the end of the day, and something new again might come up as well from it. But I think we'll get around. You know, we just need to get used to, it. and then you know if things will change or change. We need a little bit of time. But at the same time, you know, not despair and might have to take some more time off. <laughs> Sometimes that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, so, of course. But Why it, not? I mean, you know, there are there are the creative ways of using our time. As long as, of course, um, like that things are are okay in the basics. Uh, we are lucky to be from a part of the world where we have running water, we have food at the moment. So, of course. I can't say that the lockdown was uh, was difficult, uh, but uh, yeah, of course, this is for for our part of the world in any case. Yeah, uh, never. For the let's never get for granted, you know. Yes, exactly. exactly. We're lucky. We're born yeah. on the lucky side, yeah. you know. Yes. And um, I'd like to know a little bit about your in your experience um, what happened in Greece uh, and Athens for the artists after the financial crisis. Seems that there was lots of artists that from outside that moved in, in Athens. And if Athens kind of create kind of new international movement, what do you think? I mean, um, Athens uh, since uh, Documenta, so it's been, I don't know how many years now, four years. Um, and since the crisis, of course, these two came together, uh, coincided, uh, became uh, more 
um, of an interesting place to be and of course cheaper so quite a few people moved to Athens because of the rents and because of uh, it being suddenly in the art map let's say the European map the south the European south became uh, more exciting and uh, interesting um, I mean, I think there is a very exciting moment for for Athens, really. Like, there, you have a lot, a lot of people who are doing very, very interesting stuff, and um, you have a lot of uh, people coming from abroad. You have uh, quite a few people who have studied or lived abroad who have come back, and they're doing their their thing in Athens. Um, there's definitely a problem of it's very precarious. Uh, it's a very precarious landscape. Because as a small-scale freelancer, you have a lot of people basically are not even insured because the the Greek system doesn't really um, allow that. Uh, so a lot of people working in theater or in the arts, sometimes they just go with contracts that are uh, you know a few months contracts, but they don't have this kind of ease that you have in the UK, for example, for being a freelancer which is like quite straightforward and for, for small-scale people is possible, right? And right now, also with uh, what happened with the lockdown, there was uh, this whole movement that came up uh, called Support Art Workers, exactly because the uh, precariat, all these people working in the art field and theatres, they basically didn't have anything. Uh, as non-registered or partly registered, they weren't really eligible for any for any support. Then, for example, Athens and Pedora's Festival got, which is one of the main um, sources of income for quite a few people working in the performing arts. A lot of the performances got cancelled for next year. They got shifted. Um, so there was a whole movement right now uh, that came up. Uh, just people really trying to figure thing, things out, like how, how to actually make a living. But in some way, in this kind of landscape, and this is a huge paradox that I'm trying to understand all these years, even though there's like a huge financial crisis, like there's a huge boom in theater, in arts, like all these spaces opening up, a lot of residency spaces as well, artist-led spaces, um, it's really, really thriving right now, the scene. I'm just hoping that with the situation right now, how the financially, how it is, because like we came out from a very strong uh, financial crisis over the last few years, and now with coronavirus, we have the slowdown in economy, and there's a lot of worry that we'll have a, a new wave of, of a very strong uh, crisis. I just hope that uh, all these spaces and all these people that work like... Um, independently will be able to survive it's a huge question yeah maybe they can't be used to now <laughs> well in all fairness this is how you know like for us when, uh, like with the lockdown yeah we've had you know since 2013 things have been quite anyway have been very uncertain there hasn't been very much money. People have been working, though. Like, you see a lot of people, for example, theater. The theater scene is very vibrant in Athens. And sometimes I do wonder, how can, like, how can we as, like, you know, I mean, there's not much money, there's not much funding, but people make stuff, do stuff. There's a lot of, you know, DIY approach. There's a lot of... Uh, 
um, people um, having resources or skills that they exchange. Yeah, somehow things are done in a different way. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be more uh, more basking, more uh, occupying buildings, these kind of things, you know. We had in Italy as well, you know, when in the night, back when I was there in the nineties, people just occupied you know, empty spaces and create, you know, I've been hanging around those places uh, quite a bit back at the time. So I guess, you know, that's kind of way you spend less, you need less money. That's a little bit how you have to do, you know, in these times. You're kind of the experts now <laughs> of the financial crisis. But yeah, it was, was, was nice to see, like, when I came to Athens a few years ago, uh, two, three years ago, that there was was so lively, you know. It's kind of, yeah, I understand why people moved there, like. And, um, yeah, now just to, just to finish it, maybe you told us, like, you were working on some you have some projects lined up for the for the future whatever it's gonna be next year or sooner do you want to tell us a little bit what's about um yeah so i have some theater productions that uh, are supposed to happen <laughs> i don't know if they will um Yes, I have a couple of uh, collaborations in uh, Athens right now that are really positive. Um, educational programs, we haven't really put them together yet, so we're waiting to see what is possible for this year. Uh, the project that I just finished here in uh, Germany, we are planning to tour it, so okay. we're, we're basically going into a next uh, phase. And also, hopefully, we are setting up a research project in the UK with um, Christine Ellison. She's a, she's a visual and performing artist. Uh, she's based in Reading University. And uh, we're starting, hopefully, let's see, but we're starting, a, we have an ongoing research uh, together. And uh, I'm hoping that this will also uh, pick up in the year. So... A lot of projects, uh, all of them uh, just um, hanging there in the air with their possibilities and uh, their potential. Uh, just hoping that uh, this year will, you know, will be okay for, for things to materialize. So just being patient with things. Um, and apart from that, I would say my plan also is to, I want to do more um, activist work. So I would really like to shift my practice a bit more into working also in, in fields that are more around citizenship. So this is a real wish for next year. Um, this is something that I started actually in lockdown, getting more involved in uh, initiatives in Athens, and I would really like to continue. Uh, so my wish is to be able to integrate more my artistic practice with the more um, citizen engagement um, because I do find that right now we really need to be active um, and not to be very insulated in what we make as as artists you know so this is a wish and a plan and the most important I would say yeah 
That's that's great. I mean, you want you want to have the mm. citizen people like into the active space of the theater, the type of theater you do, or you want to to have the teams a bit more kind of around um, citizenships. Uh. I'm interested to see. I've worked in participatory projects before, so you know, like when you basically into integrate community work with artistic work. But I'm interested to see like other ways that are more also, um, how can I say, like ways of making that are really um, more active in, in the community. So not just, you know, like a production that is, um, you know, funded by a body and, you know, like you give like a final product and, you know, that's it. But trying to find ways of how to, have an everyday life where I can actually like be part of community because there's a lot there are a lot of communities right now in Athens that work with refugees you know there's there are all these like networks of care uh, that are very active in the city to support people in need and I'm just trying to find ways of integrating that with my artistic practice which I have been doing um, through the years, but I'm really like I, I find it like really pressing right now because I think we're we're navigating a reality that is very challenging for many people, and I also feel like I need to make more stuff that is relevant to what is happening. So, yeah, like just finding ways of integrating, you know, performance work maybe with community work, you know, making projects that are are inclusive in any case. And maybe you're gonna create a new type of art again <laughs> <laughs> yeah <literally. laughs> okay yeah. thank you Great. i think that's yeah. it for today and uh thanks luca thanks you're welcome yeah. good luck with your projects and your tour thanks a lot thanks and you, good luck, and uh, good luck with this uh, show. It's a great uh, initiative. It's nice to share these uh, ideas and experiences. Yeah, hopefully Super. people get inspired and see how you, how to get yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, so How many minutes. <laughs> and uh, thanks for being with us. Hopefully you enjoy our little chat. Check her work at the link in the description. And please don't forget to follow and subscribe. Till the next one, ciao.